Guys, welcome to Fitness Secrets. Today, I've got my very, very special friend, Chris Goffert on. Mate, welcome. First podcast ever. Yep. And guys, what we're going to be covering is a very, very important topic, which is knowing what you are good at in business versus what you are bad at and how to make the most of both. So I was have absolutely begged Chris to come on because this is an area of expertise um, that he he has. Um, so Chris, talk to us a little bit about you know why it's kind of important um, that we that we know what we're good at and what we're bad at in business. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, in my time in the industry, I've been been in this since 1999. So one of the things that I've found is the most successful people that I've encountered in the industry have identified what they're really good at and they just lean in on that. They don't spend too much time worrying about, I, I don't know much about this. They worry about what they actually know and that's how they've built successful businesses. I, I think the key is you don't actually have to be good at everything to run a successful business. But a lot of people think Definitely you do, not. right? Yeah, and, and absolutely not. I think that um, if you know what you're good at, you just play there. And and do you find, like, because Chris has been doing a lot of coaching with um, the members in the IC, do you find a lot of people in your experience of the broader range range of coaching that you've done in your life that, like, the overall majority of people feel like they have to be good at everything? Or do you people do you feel like people have an understanding that they actually don't have to be good at everything? Yeah, I think the misconception that I see from a lot of people that I've worked with is that they do think they need to know everything. Um, I definitely don't know everything. I know what I'm good at, but I also know what I'm not good at. Um, so I just focus on the areas that I'm good at. That's where I'm the most value, valuable to to the people that I serve. And that's where I think our listeners can do the same. They can be most valuable playing to the things that they're good at and not I guess, wasting time on the things that they're not good at and trying to master something they just don't have the skill for. Yeah, mate, it reminds me a lot of like playing footy, right? So I used to be like a back rower um, in footy. So Chris and I used to play rugby league um, back in the day, back in the heyday, back when we were young, much more handsome bucks than what we are today. But I used to play in the second row, right? Now, if you put me at fullback, I would absolutely struggle. So I was like really bad at it, don't have like those certain tendencies. Instead of just focusing on becoming the best back row that I could, and that's really just knowing where you sit in your team is really, really important, what your role is and playing to your role and knowing that anyone who is watching this in a, in a sporting team, knowing that no one really good player will help you win a championship, you've got to make sure you have those complementary players around you. Because as good as, you know, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant was and all those players, whenever you watch a documentary about those guys, they always talk about their backup players. You know, the Steve Kerr's of the world hitting that massive three of, you know, Dennis Ro Dennis Rodman, of Scottie Pippen, of Pau Gasol, all those kind of guys. And so you've got to know what you're good at, really harness and step into that. And then we're going to teach you today how to kind of outsource and delegate essentially the things that you're not great at. So you're also happier at work because Chris, do you find when you're doing tasks that you're good at overall, you personally, that you are happier and more in flow at work? Absolutely. There, there's no, there's nothing more rewarding than playing to what you're good at because it's far more enjoyable. You'll be far more successful and you're far more stimulated. You know, you, it's not to say that you're avoiding the frustration, but you are in an environment where you can be your best you. So I just I find it far more stimulating to play in the areas that I like, I enjoy, and I'm good at. A hundred percent. Me too. There's been times in my life, and I'm sure you've had it, where you've stepped into roles that 
aren't in your like kind of zone of genius kind of thing. Um, and whilst you can grind through it, um, for sure, it usually doesn't last a, you know, massive amount of time. Um, but Chris, mate, cause it's uh, your first episode for the guys who kind of haven't connected with you yet. Um, do you want to give us a, a little background about your extensions, extensive experience, um, in the, in the fitness industry? So you had quite a wild journey. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, I started in 1999. So first of all, that makes me old. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I've been around for a, a long, long time. I started off actually working in strength and conditioning for uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons. So that was my first ever job in the yep. fitness industry. Um, I also then started a, a boot camp, um, which weren't called boot camps back then. It was just trading in a park. So started that way back then. Um, then I sort of progressed through the industry, ended up working in the import and distribution of sports nutrition products. I've worked in franchising for, for gyms where I've built operations manuals and built franchise businesses. Um, I've gone into the education space where I've you know done sales, marketing and business development in the education space. So yeah, over the last 20 plus years, I've kind of, I've been in the industry in, in its entirety, I guess you could say. Yeah, I love it. And guys, if you've never met me, um, I kind of, uh, I help run the Inner Circle program. Um, we help, you know, over five, six, seven hundred. I'm not sure how many people um, across the world absolutely get, absolutely change their business, generate more leads and close more sales. But Chris, I guess in, in your journey, um, if we can speak about you personally, um, when did you kind of realize your strengths and your weaknesses? Was it something that you did set study on or did it just kind of happen happen naturally? Talk to us a little bit about, about how you figured it out. Yeah, I, I've always been involved in the industry in more of a sales and marketing capacity. Obviously, like I love training and coaching people on the fitness aspect, but then those skills have kind of transferred obviously over into the business space, which is what really lights my fire. But Dealing with people is is where my strength is. I, I have the ability to connect with people, to understand people and understand what is actually driving them and, and why they want to do what they want to do. Um, I think that has been, that, that served me very, very well and it's always been my driving force is, I guess, a, a position of service, if you will. Um, yep. So that's what I I love, but um, yeah, I also discovered along the way that there were some some deficiencies. I, I went and I, I did my MBA uh, because yep. I also at the time was running a pretty successful business, but I identified that there were some shortcomings for me too. So I went and studied that to become better at those things, not so I could do the tasks, so I could understand how to lead people to do those tasks. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, and- that's kind of. That, that's how I've discovered those things. And I guess with your weaknesses, I kind of have a thing I say, like weaknesses, I just more say weaknesses in my terms of just stuff I bloody hate doing. Like, you know, so you know, thing is a weakness, it's got to get done. Um, yep. but I really hate doing it. But your weaknesses or things that you kind of don't enjoy in business that don't get you to your absolute peak performance, how did you kind of find out what they were during your, you know, business career? Uh, interesting. I my weakness is technology. I'm I'm not a tech guy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so you got Jackson, I know what, baby. So you got Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> See, and, and that's why Jackson. I, I absolutely love him. So because I know what I'm not good at. I the the way in which I discovered it is the things that caused me immense frustration and almost anxiety. Like when I I knew that I had to do a particular task or there was something that needed to be done in the business. If I found my anxiety levels went through the roof. It was because I knew that I had a major skill deficit 
and it was causing me a lot of stress. So that's how I discovered it. So word of advice for, for people out there is if you have something in your business that causes you huge amounts of anxiety and stress, then you probably need to look at it and say, is it because I'm not good at this, I don't have the skill set, or I just I have no want to be doing this part of my business? Yeah, mate, I'm kind of like pretty similar. I think a lot of the things I found out were weaknesses or things I don't enjoy doing are the times where I do them extensively. And like, I don't believe in the term burnout because if you like what you're doing, bloody, I'll do it, you know, 12, 15 hours a day, you know. Um, but if I, for example, do tasks that I don't enjoy doing, like admin, payment collection, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of sales calls, um, is I feel like just running away from my business to some far, far away place and just like never running it again. So I think I kind of learned what I like love, love, which is like kind of like the marketing business planning stuff, because I'll just do it for like 15 hours a day and finish the day recharge. Like I've had the best day mm. ever. When there's like some tasks like um, that, if I did it for eight hours a day, I come like finish work and I'm just like, fuck, I'm so glad work's done. You're like, I don't want to start work tomorrow kind of thing. So kind of learned, I learned from a little bit of experience. And guys, we're going to cover like three important topics for you guys today, which is going to be leaning into your strengths and knowing what you're good at, like how to really kind of find and harness that, how to like not spend too much time on your weaknesses, and then being able being able to understand the outsourcing to solution. But before we dive into the main content, Chris, we want to give a massive massive shout out to Kira um, in the inner circle because um, she's been absolutely on fire lately, and you've spent a little bit of time with her with the you know um, free coaching calls that all of our members get. So um, I know you want to give a big shout out to Kira. So so what has she been doing, kind of re really really well at the moment? Yeah, I, I guess I'm most proud of Kira for the fact that when we first started uh, working together. She, yep. th there was a lot of procrastination. There was a lot of fear around different things. And, you know, all we did is we spent a little bit of time around what she was most passionate about, why she wanted to, to create her program and who she wanted to help. And then she just went out and, and started to talk to people about that. Um, I know that she signed up a, a bunch of, of new members uh, for her challenge, which is an awesome result. But for her, the, the thing I'm most proud about is she just, you know, she bit the bullet and went and took some action. And that's what separates winners from everybody else. You take the action, you are giving yourself the best chance to win. So super proud of Kira. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what she uh, what, what she can produce moving forward. Man, I love that. And like, I just have this um this quote of like, action takers get paid. I'm not sure where I've picked it up. It's probably from Greg Cardone, to be fair. I can't get most of his quotes. <laughs> from, Uncle GC. Just, <laughs> just see the... Sometimes the amount of people that plan and plan and plan and plan, but it ends up being procrastination. It's like even even a 50% plan done at 100% expert execution is better than planning something like every like little like nut and bolt that needs to go into it and doing two parts of fuck all off the back. So I love action takers. They inspire me. And you only learn in life from actually doing stuff. And you guys would all resonate with this. Like if you are pretty good at deadlifting, for example, 
I'm sorry, you don't actually get better at deadlifting from watching YouTube videos. Yes, you can watch videos, you can get a coach. But if you're not picking up that bar, baby, you're never getting better at deadlifting. You're never going to lift considerable weight. So you've got to weight like 80% action, 20% of like planning, coaching, all that kind of stuff. But you just got to get in there and do it, guys. And um, I think every business leader that you guys watch or, you know, when you're listening to Chris or myself, Literally everything that we teach you is from learning the hard way through like messing it up, messing it up, messing it up, and then kind of figuring it out. But Chris, bridging in for the guys. So, you know, as they're listening on along, you know, how could they kind of identify knowing what they are really good at? What are a couple of things that you coach people through to 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 really know know what that is in their business? Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. A lot of the conversations I have are obviously around business growth and, and driving revenue. So yep. that requires sales and marketing, right? The the sales aspect I actually find quite interesting because so many of our, our members have this apprehension. There's almost a fear that's associated with it because they've labeled it sales. One of the things that I, I look at, my, my whole sales philosophy is find a problem, solve a problem. Yep. So rather than trying to sell anything, what I'm trying to do is actually identify, well, what problem does this person have? And then how can I help them solve that problem? right? And as fitness professionals, that is our job. Someone wants to lose weight. It's actually not about them losing weight. It's about them building more self-confidence. It's about them feeling better about themselves, right? They've just put a metric on it. So if you can have those conversations with people and make it more conversational rather than sales, then your whole mindset will shift. As fitness professionals, I'm an introvert, as you are too, Jimmy, right? I'm actually not an extroverted person by nature, yet I love speaking to people about what they want to achieve in their life, right? If we take that same approach, then it is far easier to get a result. Sometimes we think we're not good at something because we've labelled it something else. So in order to sell and to be more effective at driving revenue, just try and have better quality conversations, Stop, stop worrying about tactics and actually start to care. Like I, I always call it the gas method, the give a shit method. Um, actually care about what this person wants and then provide them the, the opportunity to help them solve it. So that, that's how I discovered, I guess, my affinity to sales, if you will. Yeah, and probably like a, a couple of the strengths that you guys want to look at in terms of scaling a successful fitness business is obviously you've got marketing is really important no leads no sales then you've got sales you've got the delivery aspect and so many people love being coaches and one of the the really hard thing is a lot of business coaches will be like stop coaching right and that's what they're good at potentially that's what their world's best at when it's just not true right you've got the coaching side then you've got like the business operations which you know let's not go into every business operation or function because there's hundreds of them but if you're in those kind of four buckets you'll find you know what your strengths are And what I find is when you're looking at what your strengths are, guys, usually it's where you spend most of your time, where you spend most of your study and what makes you happiest when you're doing it, when you lose those kind of hours when you're like, really enjoy it. And you'll pick this up a lot from salespeople, right? Where they will just love sales because salespeople love to talk about how they love sales and they love to talk about how many sales they close, where a lot of people, it's hard to transfer that full passion of sales over. Um, It can be, you, you would have seen it done where people go from hating sales to loving sales. Um, but generally, um, when you when you kind of find it, it's where you're spending time in, in those kind of things. And 
Chris, when when you talk about someone actually leaning into their strengths, when they when they've identified them, when they've found them, what do you mean by like really leaning, re, really leaning into those strengths? It it needs to become a focal point of of what you do each and every day, right? So, if if having conversations with people and helping people is your strength, then you should do that more, right? If you know, if, if you are an operations person who has amazing talent at, you know, finance, for instance, then lean into that, right? Because the things that you are strongest at, if you're leaning into those things, then your business will perform at its best, right? If you're leaning into the things that you're not good at, you, you're just, you're going to make life hard on yourself. So always focus on the things that you are best at, double down on those things. And the things that you're not best at, then find people that are great at those things and love those things too. Yeah, and I think one of the the big ones is when when you're thinking about it, if you actually want to own a business, the end goal is to actually not be running any of those departments anyway. So kind of when when we would uh, kind of like scaling code, the first thing we outsourced, Chris, was the delivery. So we stopped running sessions. Then we outsourced the sales because we had full-time coaches and we taught them how to sell by a face-to-face console. And then finally, we outsourced the marketing. Now, we never got in the in our fitness business to full like CEO investor level um, or just in like the top level management, but you're eventually going to kind of outsource everything anyway. But a lot of people, Chris, will struggle from what I've found is they struggle with the marketing sales component. That's why their business is at 15, 30, 50, 80 members are really struggling. And they they spend a lot of time here when they love coaching, they love fitness, they love the connection with people. That's why they're coaches. But they really, really struggle to get the right amount of leads and right amount of sales, um, which you'd say is like a, a, not a strength of theirs or potentially a weakness. And what have you kind of found of like, you know, not spending too much time on those weaknesses and just finding a solution as quick as possible so you can move on and grow your business. Yeah, so so speaking to quite a few people over the last couple of days in particular where their conversion rates are actually quite good. If, if they can get someone on the phone or in person, then they can convert them. So I don't actually have too many concerns around their sales ability, but what their difficulty is is generating the lead volume that they need in order to drive the business to where they need it to get to. So when when we start talking about their marketing, I'll ask them, how long has how long has this been an issue for you? Oh, the last couple of months. You know, I, I get fit, you know, 10, 15 leads a month. 10 to 15 leads a month is not going to help you scale a business. It's just not. So one of the things that, that I've obviously recommended is, you know, we, we have access to, to Legacy Digital. So have a conversation with, with the team there. If that's not what you're good at, then let someone who is good at it do it. So you can actually learn from them as well, right? So you become an effective leader, but you're getting the volume of leads you need to drive your business to where it, it needs to get to, right? As I said, if the conversion rates are good when people are in front of you, you just need more people in front of you. It is that simple. Yeah, I think one of the the beautiful things is, is, is when you identify a weakness, the simple fact of reality, no matter what that weakness is, even if you don't want to improve it, there's someone somewhere in the world who absolutely loves doing that, who is highly trained, who is highly mm-hmm. motivated to get whatever weakness there is in your in your business. Like whether it's, you know, using VAs to post on your social media, getting like graphic designers and video editors, using an ads agency. Um, you could pretty much outsource everything from your business if you wanted to, um, from the amazing services around the world. And 
if you're starting to focus too much on your weaknesses and you're actually just not getting a result, it's a really good time to start to think about outsourcing because we want to make sure that if everyone in the inner circle and all our connected, connected communities, that we want to help a million people per day. Now, if you're not generating enough leads and closing sales and running a better business because you are the weakness and you're not willing to outsource, is you're just going to be stuck on this hamster wheel where your business is staying the same, where you end up getting really, really frustrated where you don't like your business, or potentially you sell your business and move on to something else rather than just solving the very basic problem you have. Mm-hmm. Now, I know, Chris, you've done a lot of work with like outsourcing um, in your life, like finding experts to to talk about a solution. It 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 isn't a strong suit, I'm going to say, of people in the fitness industry overall. Um, why do you think outsourcing is a solution to solving any weakness that a business does have? It's, it's the quickest way for you to focus on what it is that you are good at. What the, I guess the trick to outsourcing, though, is you have to know what your desired outcome is, right? And whoever you're outsourcing that to, you have to have very clear parameters, but also very clear communication lines. And there needs to be a two-way communication. They can get you whatever you want, but you have to be very clear about what it is you want. So you know, if you want if you want more leads, for instance, you have to be very clear on who do you want to attract? If you just say, I want more leads, they'll get you more leads, but they're not going to be quality leads. So you've got to get very, very specific and granular about the specific outcome that you want in order for outsourcing to be successful for you. It actually isn't that hard. Where I've seen outsourcing be extremely successful is when a business owner is very clear about the outcome they want and about how they want that outcome to be delivered. When it's not gone so well is because the business owner has just been too general in their approach and not given clear parameters about what they're looking for as a result. So my my word of advice is if you're going to outsource any part of your business, you need to get very, very clear on the outcome you want and how you want that to look for your business so that way you can work towards that objective. Mate, 100%. I think it goes into a little bit of management structures where when you outsource something and there's two main ways that you guys will outsource something so one to a team member within your business which could be outsourcing or delegation kind of same thing or potentially to a another business like a third party externally which is really common with you know a lot of things in marketing generally you're outsourced to a third company or potentially in sales and whenever you outsource something guys you've got to understand that you then become a manager immediately so that's where you got to have you know clear roles what's what's expected really clear lines of communication also understanding to be able to listen from the person you're outsourcing to about what's happening what they're feeling what they're seeing within the situation and start to manage that process because whether you're you know having a, a team member do something in your business like you're outsourcing the sessions to a coach or whether you're outsourcing externally to an agency, you've just got to make sure that you manage that process so you get the desired outcome. And mate, have you ever read the um, book Extreme Ownership? Have you read that book by Jocko Willie? Uh, probably about a dozen times. Well, well that's it's, it's like one of my it favorite books. Man, I used to be like the biggest wuss when I'd outsource stuff. I'd be like, oh, like, you know, it's this person's fault, this happened, blah, blah, blah. And until I kind of read that book, I realized, well, I, I chose to outsource to that staff member of that company. I, I picked them, right? They, they didn't pick me. I picked them. I gave them my money or I'm paying their salary. And to really take ownership of that management structure and know that you're then a team. They win. If you win, you win. If they win. 
um, and really starting to kind of like manage that whole process and not point fingers. I like that quote, if you point one finger at someone else, you're actually pointing three back at yourself. Um, and I really love that book, um, Extreme Ownership. And it really helped with outsourcing a lot, especially with our virtual assistants. As um, you guys might know, we have maybe 15 to, to 25 VAs in our company. And I used to be the worst VA manager um, in terms of that until I actually took ownership and realized that everything is my fault. Um, I shouldn't have hired them. If you want to fire them, it's like I shouldn't have just hired that person. Um, but, mate, with um, as we kind of continue on, so you know, you guys have to le lean into your strengths. You have to know what you're good at, not spend too much time on your weaknesses. And then also know that outsourcing is a solution. When you're kind of bringing this all together with someone, is is there some certain tasks that you would look to advise people to outsource like pretty quickly if they, they want to grow their business, like double or triple it in 2023, my friend? Yeah, I, I think that... From most of the fitness businesses I see, when they do their own marketing, some some do have some success. I'm, I'm not saying that, that everyone is is not great at it, but I think that that is is the quickest way to to help you scale your business very very fast. Um, if you if you can increase your lead quantity, then you're you're going to increase. In can't speak, going to increase your sales volume. So I, I would definitely be looking at outsourcing marketing as a as a task as one of the first things. Um, because it, it can be very time consuming as well. So unless you're an expert at it, know exactly well. what you do. It, it is. I'm, and again, speaking of my strengths, I'm great from a strategic perspective. But when it comes into the the technical nuances, and I got no idea. So I'd rather let the experts look after that, so I can focus on this is the strategic direction I want. Go and make it happen, and then the yep. leads just come through. So that would be one of the one of the tasks, especially if you're looking to scale very, very quickly for 2023. Man, I'm kind of the same with the tech. It's funny because I like Facebook ads, but I think I learned that out of necessity of like literally about to go bankrupt in my business. So it's funny the things you can do when your back's really against the wall in life. But techie stuff, yeah. like we use ACR 365. And if I have to go in that thing and change something, I'm just like, no, nah, not happening. Um, so that's why we're lucky. We just pay Jackson. Jackson goes and does it. We're all pretty good to go. Um, but you've got to be willing to pay for that outsourcing as well. And knowing that, you know, Jackson could do a job in 10 minutes. So it will take Jimmy an hour and a half. Thus, in that hour and a half, Jimmy can do a lot better stuff um, for the business yeah. rather than, you know, setting up some text messages and emails and things like that. And, mate, it just finally, um, I want to add a bit of connection. You recently, to finish off, Chris got a puppy. What's your puppy's name again? Steve. Steve, mate, what's it like being a father to Steve? Because you love your puppy. I went down to the beach with Chris the other day, and uh, Chris and I both um, happily in you know partnerships at the moment, relationships. But this this dog stopped the whole beach. We had kids running from like 30, 40 meters away to pat Steve. Um, so I'm sure that's been a pretty big change. We've got a lot of pet lovers on the the inner circle and fitness business secrets. What's that been like with a little puppy, my friend? Yeah, well, uh, firstly, I'm a father. I've got three kids, so I've raised three awesome. humans. Um, this is the first. <laughs> Man, this, that's this me is just the first speaking, bird baby that I've had. I'm Mr. Pet Dad. I'm Mr. Pet Dad. <laughs> kids, kids don't count, mate. We're all about pets. Pets only. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, first, first fur baby that I've had from this age. I, I've inherited pets at, at much older ages. But yeah, he. Uh, when I got him, I actually got him way too early. The the breeder kind of misled me. Told me he was a little bit older than what he was. Just uh, so but little. yeah, he's. 
Yeah, he's awesome. Um, he's actually asleep at my feet right here. So he doesn't leave my side. He is literally like a newborn baby. <laughs> and mate, want to finish off with a little bit of a um, little bit of a firecracker for the guys. So, you know, if you had to give them one piece of advice based off everything we kind of talked about today, something that they could put into action within their business over the next day, week, month, you know, something very quickly to move forward. What do you want to kind of share with, share with the community so they can piece this together and we can go sign some more members and earn the money that fitness business owners deserve? Yep. The the main thing that I would say is pull the damn trigger. You know what you want to achieve. You have to pull the trigger. Um, there's going to be some times where you're going to get really uncomfortable, but you either get uncomfortable, get, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, or you're going to be uncomfortable in another area anyway. So just be prepared to pull the trigger, get moving, take the action. It's the only way to win. I love it. And guys, just remember below this episode, there's a link where you can join our free group. Um, also as well, you've got our 15 top downloads um, from the last three months. So that's only up there for about another six weeks, and then you'll have a new 15 downloads. Um, and then of course, if you ever want to connect um, with Chris or Brad or any of our team about joining the Inner Circle, there'll always be a link below for you guys to do that. If not, you guys have the absolute best day. And Chris, thank you very much for your very first episode on Fitness Business Secrets. <laughs>